Today on The Breakdown, you know, it wasn't that long ago that if we had a Garrett Hand from Hustler Casino Live, everyone would be very interested in, you know, the plays and the this and the that and the what crazy things are going to happen. And now the immediate assumption has to be we're here to talk about the Jack Forehand. Well, guess what? We are not here to talk about the Jack Forehand. Not this time. We're going back before there was this weight that stood upon everyone's shoulders about this place, on Nick Fortucci's shoulders, on Ryan Feldman's shoulders, certainly on Robbie Lou's shoulders as well, and Garrett's. Um, back when they were just playing a 100, 200, 400, 800 game, and JR, Andy, Dustin, and Garrett, and really, in this case, Andy and Garrett, are just going to get into a big, big, huge pot. One of them has a big hand, and the other guy, well, I'm not so sure about that. Garrett's going to try and, you know, basically, Oksana, I buy all that, this shit, you know, <laughs> figure skate the hell around everything, make it through all the cones without falling. It's going to be tough. Andy, he's a tough customer. He's got a big hand. I know that. Let's get into it right now on The Breakdown. Grant Denison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> Just a pile of detrius that was that opening. <laughs> there was a gem. Oh, really? And what was and it? And that makes it all worth it. What was it? The new use of Oksana Bayul as a verb. Oh, I like Oksana. I like that a lot. Thank you. Gonna Oksana Bayul that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can use That's... that for a lot of things. <laughs> That's good. You know, I think this all started because I've, I've done a version of that many times on this show. Right? I think it started when I said like, we're going to Rick and Morty yeah. this shit. And, and I, so I've done it probably four or five times in all the years. But yeah, mm-hmm. Oksana Bayul is its own thing, right? It's the best one. Really? Yeah. Wow. Just, just like imagine that I just learned to julienne a potato really well. Yeah. Like, you see this potato? Gonna ox out of Bayul that shit. <laughs> that doesn't doesn't really work in my head. It works for me. I'm glad. I'm glad you think it's a gem. A gem, even among the detrius. I also wow. I mean, I don't you love that I made it relevant by referring to the current, and I'm just gonna call it what it is: the Hustler Casino Live cheating scandal, which currently engulfs all poker. As it has been two weeks, I think it's October 11th as we're recording. Still, this is on the forefront of everyone in poker's mind. I would say it's certainly on poker Twitter, on Reddit, everywhere, just I, lighting up the airwaves. I am shocked that it is has still got as much fuel as it does. Well, more I, it kind more, of felt like it would fade. More and more information keeps coming out, which is probably, I think we are, now we are probably going to talk about it for a few minutes, but that's great. Um, like more stuff just keeps coming out, kind of making certain people look pretty bad. So, for example, this came out I think yesterday, the day before, that um, there was no background check done on the the guy who stole the 15000 Not a surprise. He's a felon. Yeah. Um, Nick Vertucci on the strangely named, quite frankly, Nick Vertucci show, because it's him and Veronica Brill. I don't know why it's named that, but whatever. That's its own thing. Um, then said he's owned you know many businesses over the last however many years, 15, 20 years. He's never background checked anyone ever. And that was like his reason for why he doesn't background check people on Hustler Casino Live either, which didn't seem like really a great answer to me. But he seemed to think that was sufficient. That was interesting. Other things that have really been coming up lately, I just I don't know, Grant, if you I don't think you've been following it as closely as I have. I've I've followed it somewhat, but not intently. Do you, have you been following Wouldn't Not? No. Aha. So in, Oh wait. I did see this. Uh, it's it's like a language usage thing, right? That, yeah. So that, Robbie Lou in in one of her bigger tweet 
things that she's done. She uses the term wouldn't not multiple times. Like, I wouldn't not blah, blah, blah. Which is a grammatically incorrect well, term. Well, not use. just grammatical. It's certainly, it's grammatically highly unusual. Yeah. Right? Like, who uses that ever? Almost no one ever. It's, it's both incorrect, but incorrect in a way that other people don't do. Especially in writing, as opposed to even speaking, I right. would say. But okay, fine. Like, that's fine. That's what she does. The thing that makes it suspicious is Brian, the guy who got caught stealing the 15K off her stack, in his... The thing that he wrote, he also used the term wouldn't not, which makes it very unlikely. It's, it's, it would seem very unlikely that they both use that term organically. Seems and then, like it. Yeah. And then he then later on went on 2 Plus 2. This is now just a few days ago. And wrote a diatribe, like a long, long piece on 2 Plus 2. By the way, saying things that did not hold water at all. Like, do you, like first of all, 15K is nothing. You know, do you really think I would... There's, of course, there was no cheating. Like, do you think I'd really endanger my job if I was for cheating for this? And it's like, well, yeah, we've seen you. Like, none of it made any sense. But he he used the term wouldn't, but never wouldn't not. Mm. And so that felt relevant anyway. And again, makes it seem less likely, at least significantly less likely, in my opinion, that he wrote the first thing that he wrote, which was saying, Robbie, you're definitely not cheating, and I really trust you. It doesn't seem like he wrote that at all, probably. I mean, you don't know for sure, but it seems like it's a reasonable guess anyway to say that. Probably someone else wrote that. Probably the same person who wrote Robbie's messages, since they both used the term "wouldn't not." That's at least a reasonable guess without knowing. His job pays like forty k a year, right? Um, something like that. Yeah. Also, he is known as like a massive degen, like a, who yeah. like lights it up in the ten twenty games and is always broke. Hmm. Yeah. So every so so everything that guy says is suspect. Anyway. I mean, I don't know about you, and again, how close you've really been following it. After Garrett, Garrett put out something about four or five days ago. Yeah, I read that whole thing. Which was sort of like, I can't get into all the specifics right now because of legal stuff, but here's everything. Here's where we're at with our investigation, his own personal like piece of it. And uh, it was incredibly damning as far as I'm concerned, like insanely damning and made it seem very much like there almost had to be cheating to me to some degree. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was conclusive, but it, no. was, it was good evidence presented and at least... Not all of it was solid evidence. Some of no. it was, was conjecture. And actually, some of it was inaccurate, too, which I think is important to say. So one of the things they say is that Rip, um, at one point, um, is in the middle of a hand, but then him and Robbie are sort of mouthing stuff back and forth to go get something. And then Rip, it says in the Garrett investigation thing that like um, he gets up in the middle of a $3,300 pot just leaves the table, which is not true. Like He gets up after he calls the river and loses... He says, oh, nice hand, and then gets up. He's clearly preoccupied, but he doesn't leave in the middle of the hand. And they say multiple times in that report that he leaves in the middle of that hand. So that was actually not great and made me question a little bit more. Like, why would you stretch the truth there at all? First of all, it's easy to verify. Second of all, then if they're stretching the truth there for any reason, if it's because of incompetence or because they're being purposeful about it, either way, that makes me less confident in the other aspects of the report. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Having said all that, I still felt it was a damning report. And I still, I was already leaning 60% toward cheating anyway um, when we last recorded something on this. And I lean further now towards I it think for sure. One thing that I've realized is really funny about all this is how somehow it's become the common usage of how into the cheating or not cheating you are that people are putting percentages on. And like the percentages get like weirdly specific in a lot of cases. Yes, like, they do. It's getting a little bit like embarrassing. I, mean, the, I think people the percentages are having fun with people it a little putting, bit. So. Sometimes, but sometimes it's just like a little bit too much with the percentages. I mean, whatever. People are just trying to give you a sense of like where they're at, you know? And it's yeah. like, instead of saying mostly cheating, they can be more specific. I yeah. think it's fine. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. Do you have any other um, things about this you want to bring up or talk about? No, I'm, I'm actually a little tired of it now. Oh, really? I think it's, it's certainly an interesting scandal and... When new information comes out, it's interesting. 
but the recursive nature of it is a little bit boring sometimes. Mm. I find myself not bored of it yet. Now, I don't like, I haven't watched any of the Joe, the, literally 62 hours of Joe Ingram I mean, that streams, is incredible. And he's doing more. He's not done. Um, so he just does 10 hour streams at a time. You know, has people call in. That's like how much content we put out in a half a year. <laughs> it, we put out more content yeah, than yeah, most. Come on. That's true. But we put out, you know, a solid three hours a week of content or something. Yeah. Um, but still, yeah, that's still a bunch. That's still, tw- oh, yeah, it is about a half a year, isn't it? Yeah. Jeez. Um, that's crazy. Um, so, like, I can't watch all that. That's too much for me. But I do, like, check Twitter and Reddit regularly for updates and see what's going on now. And I'm, I'm interested and I want to do it. And uh, it's, the whole thing is such a shit show. It's I need, incredible. I need another shoe to drop. I need something big to happen to get me back interested because, like, I don't think at, at this point it feels like we're going to end on a frustrating, there's not enough evidence for anything yeah. eventually. And that's going to be frustrating. We'll see. Um, did, you, did you see that the, Brian, the guy who Robbie said she wasn't going to press charges against and was going to let him keep the money, which also all makes no sense to me anyway, yeah. is now pressing charges against him? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that's just all very weird. It is. Um, yeah. I mean, Haral Bob and some other people put a bounty out for mm-hmm. inside info. And, Quarter million dollars. And, and did not get called on that. Shocking. It looked like there were a few people who were going to do it, too, and then it didn't happen. I wonder if people weren't sure if they were really going to get paid, and that's part of the reason why they didn't do it, or if they, or there could be other reasons, of course. As I mean, well. Haral Bob's definitely going to pay you, right? Of course he is. Yeah. 100%. And I think so was whoever else put up the... Bill Perkins maybe was... Yeah, they, he was going to pay, too. Those yeah. guys are going to pay. Um, that's true. Um, not everyone knows who Haral Bob is as, as well as we do, though, so not everyone may trust it. But still, I could see being, if you're in, a, if, if there is a scandal and you're in on it, being a little worried that, I mean, I'm just going to come out and blow the whistle and I'm not going to get paid and these people who I'm involved with may fucking hurt me and, you know, there's well, that, like the all threat, downsides. The threat of violence might be a, a thing. It's possible. If I would think a, so. If there's a big cheating ring going on. I would, I, I would think it's at least possible. I think, I think we probably don't know if there's cheating, mm-hmm. which is where most people are leaning now. After, I think so. And this is where I'm leaning to. Um, I think we don't know even half of what's going on. I think, I think we're scratching the surface. Well, I mean, yeah, it seems unlikely that it's a one-time thing if it's cheating, right? It's kind of a ring that's, that's been a thing and continues to be a thing or not. And people have done things even like um, look at the number two seat, which is where Robbie was sitting, and yeah. how much better that seat has done than any other seat. Like, significantly better. Um, so that's interesting. And people do better when player, the same player does better in the number two seat than not in the number two seat. But that could just be noise. Of yeah, that could, just be noise. of course that could be noise. But it also is apparently the seat where you can see like the, the green and red light that they have, that they control in the, that they can turn on and off from the control room easily and no other seat you can see it easily apparently. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't actually know anything with this stuff, but it's, it's suspicious at, at worst, I would say. Yeah, or best, depending on your. I'm not sure if view. that's anything. That feels like we're going down like a conspiracy theory path. Yeah. Oh point. no, no, that's what I'm saying though. It's like it's a if it's cheating, it's I think it's a ring. I don't think it's just a one time thing or like a few people. I think right. It's like I think a much more. Organized I think if thing this is that. cheating, it's not just Rip and Robbie. Right. It's yeah. like and Brian. And it's. it's uh, I mean, it's if if it's cheating, it seems like Nick Airball. That guy is also involved in potentially. it. Potentially, it seems like. Um, 
And then after that, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, don't think... Don't levy any accusations that I you I wasn't can't, going to. You know? I wasn't going to. I was going to say, like, I don't think... I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say, I don't think Eric Person's involved in it. You know, <laughs> like, I don't think he has anything to do with it. I don't think, I don't think Andy's involved in it. I don't think Men it. the Master is part of this one. Not this one, Not right. this one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it does amaze me, though, that they've continued just to keep doing streams and, like, people... Like, Haralabob was just on on Monday night after... He clearly thinks there's cheating going on because he would put up a $100,000 whistleblower bounty. He at least thinks it's very possible. But he, no, he played on Max Payne Monday, which is like a 10K buy-in, yeah. which for him is nothing at all. But still, it's weird that he would play at all if he was concerned about cheating. You know, well, like, he, he, Maybe he believes it's more of an isolated incident. Maybe. And, and he probably thinks like they're not going to cheat yes. now. Right? right now, of all times, there's no chance they're going to cheat. That's, that's fair. Yeah. I think they should... You know, close down the stream until their investigation is complete. I think it's actually really strange. So you're on Team to. Berkey on that one? That's yeah, absolutely. Thing. Berkey and Dan Zach agree with this. I I agree strongly. I think even if it's not likely that there's cheating, since we don't know what's going on and it seems like something's going on, they're they're investigating it. They have an independent group investigating it. One of their employees was caught stealing, and if like so, this could be it could be a whole big thing. It's unclear. They should at least shut it down till it's more clear. I understand they're going to lose some revenue, but like. I don't know. It's it's really surprising me that they haven't shut it. Live at the bike would love it. Yes, they would. Yeah. So, I mean, all the other streams would love it. You know, who would love it. Poker time. Oh baby, poker time. Why do you think I'm calling for two it? million views? <laughs> Let's go, Kevin. Man, Kevin did some fun stuff. Yes, he did. Yes, poker he did. Poker time. Um, anyway, so that's that's my that's my hits on it currently. Um, it'll be interesting to see like a week from now where we're all at with new information if there is any. I expect. I expect there will be a lot more information coming out, though, down the road, at least, about this. I don't think it's just going to fade away. Well, for this hand, yes. imagine a world where the cheating scandal had never been born in the fiery depths of a volcano and launched into the poker society and ruined all of our minds to only think about it forever, mm. fiery death spiral. I can do that. I can imagine that. That's where we are. It was before that. This is great. Everyone's a ha- Garrett's, Garrett is yet to be raked over the coals by like some reasonable... High percentage of Twitter. <laughs> Garrett's like, you know what? People generally like me. <laughs> I'm doing great in this game. Yeah. Life is good. You know, it's easy. This is easy peasy life for yeah. me at this point. Yeah. Uh, Jr.'s in the game. He opens the pot. Actually, he's like, you know what? I like poker. I like the people involved. Yeah. Jr. Who has quit? He's quit. That quit poker entirely. And has come out and said, well, he's quit playing on the big streams. At least. He's actually said he thinks lots of, I believe, shady shit was the term. Yeah. Threw around with all of the the high stakes stuff. Yeah, which so, is it's interesting. Not great. He has no he has no dog in this fight, as far as I know. Like he's a money manager guy who's got all the money in the world. And I mean, it's not insane to be concerned about that. Of course, when when there's that much money involved, it's not uh, right. But he's not just concerned. He says he's seen lots yeah, of shady yeah. shit. That's different. I mean, it's every time in poker that you get to a high enough amount of money, it's a little bit precarious, yep. right? Tournaments or cash, because if you're in yep. tournaments that are a high enough amount of money, then it's a small player pool, and it's a lot easier to find collusive spots and stuff. Like, Absolutely. We know pretty much for a fact that like the German guys all share money. Like They're like in a pool of money. Hmm. Like, and they're like, 40% of those high roller fields. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to feel about all that stuff. You know, when, I, when the money gets big enough, it's like a little shady, no matter what. It's all questionable. There's no, que- there's no doubt. There's, yeah. It's all questionable. Even in these public casino spots, which is safer than a home game, but still, clearly, as the money gets big, people are always going to be trying to cheat. Someone's tr- thinking about trying to cheat you in poker, pretty much no matter what stakes you're playing, pretty much no matter what you're Of course. You are. If I think you, it's important to know that. If you're a person who is thinking, like, how do I 
you know, basically steal money and get away with it? Like, what types of things are you looking for? Or you're looking for somewhere where a lot of cash is transacted with free will easily. And no one's really keeping track. Yeah, of, of and that's high-stakes poker right there. Yep. Like, Actually, all-stakes poker. Well, yeah, but, but if you want more money, you go to high-stakes right. poker. But that, that stuff is filmed, like... You go a few levels down, now you're not even being filmed. There's actually right? a decent amount of high-stakes poker that's not filmed. That's true. Of course. That's a fair point. Yeah. Of course, the filming gives you your own opportunities where you can see everyone's cards. So if you have someone working yeah. with you, now you get that, which yeah. is, you know, now we've got a pot, pot ripper informa- uh, situation again. Like, that's the ultimate bad guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot more scandals start coming out from yeah. high-stakes games. I think so. Um, or people just shut it down. That's possible. Like, people who are currently involved in cheating scales are going to chill out for a while, yeah. which would be a smart move for them, actually, if they, I think, because everyone's got their antenna up it right sucks, now. It sucks, man. It does. Yep. It just, like, how can you safely play poker? In, in what scenario can you feel really clear that you're in a legit game and, not, and nobody's trying to cheat? I don't think you can be in that spot, but what's the safest no. spot you can be in? Because I mean, online feels scary with the RTA stuff. I mean, early, like, tournaments that aren't particularly high buy-in tournaments, I think, are relatively safe. Yeah, like, like a $500 tournament. Yeah, and it's, especially if it's a bigger tournament, yeah. too. So that way, like, everyone at your table, very unlikely to know each other, very right. unlikely to, you can't plan for that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Um, like a $1,500 World Series event. Yep. Is a, is a good that fit. feels pretty safe. Although, yeah. you know, by the time you get to the final table, the money's pretty big. Although I have been at, at tables where, where card marking has definitely been yeah, happening. Yeah, me too. Me too, in the World Series. Which is... $1,500 events in the in World a, Series. In a yeah. previous... When we talked about the cheating scandal, previous thing, my, my biggest advice was cover your cards with your hands. Right. Because card marking is one of the most common forms of cheating. Right. Yeah. So... Sigh. Yeah. I mean, like, low-stakes cash games, I think, are, are cheated pretty regularly, honestly. Like, well, there's all there's a million ways to do it, right? And I think at least people are probably colluding a lot in low stakes cash games because yeah. you don't you don't have to give away that much information if you're just but you can you you know just by moving your chips in a particular way you have a few code words you, you might can say just, back and forth if you, you can, can just let somebody else know that you have the nut blocker over time that's like can be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or or you can somehow say like yeah, you just have you can somehow communicate certain cards that are no longer yeah. available in the deck or are, or, you know, whatever it is. Or you just, even just like I have the nuts is also a pretty powerful thing yeah. to be able to communicate, right? Because then you could be trying to, how do we get this other guy's money in the pot right. is the question. The only question you have at that point, yeah. right? Um, what do we do? And then the other dude knows not to fucking raise when their partner has the nuts, right? right. They got to keep that other dude in, the third dude. Um, yeah. So it's problematic at all levels. It is. It's probably like... Lower stakes cash games at regulated places like a card room or a casino are, are probably generally pretty safe. Like, Relatively safe, yeah. yeah. I mean, you and I played in... Well, I mean, I don't know what people consider lower stakes and higher stakes. I'm certainly, I, don't, I wouldn't say we ever played in high stakes cash games. No. I think I've, I would count as playing in middle stakes cash games with some of the limit holding stuff I've done, sure. at least, you know. Um, but like whatever. We, like we play like the biggest game available to us in, yes. that we play is a 5-5 five, five with a 2K cap. Right, and there's which bomb, is like, and there's two bomb pots. So a, a decent amount of money can get thrown around in that game, of course. But. Yeah, yeah, like, um, like people can win seven thousand dollars in that game. Yeah, you know, um, but it's not, it's not insanely high. But like, I don't always feel a hundred percent about those games. I feel mostly good about those yeah. games. I feel good enough to play those games. Um, but there are certain combinations of people who might sit down, and I'd be like, I'm not playing, mm-hmm. not because I'm afraid of them as players, but because I'm afraid of what they might do. Yeah, so. You got to pay attention. You know, it's buyer beware with all this shit. It sucks. It does suck. I wish it it didn't have to be that way, but that's just... We attract those folk with the poker world. We do. You know, it's just how it is. We do. All right. Well, let's talk about some... A hand that I'm pretty sure is above board. I'm pretty sure everything was was totally chill in this... I would guess. In this thing. Um, 
It's it's Andy and Garrett. You know, it's it's pre. You know, this is even before Pot Ripper. This is before all of the cheating scandals ever happened. This is before. This is before what? Titanic Thompson were scamming people out of horseshoes back in 1931. You know, this is. This it, was, is it was the early days of the Hustler Live Casino. Yeah, screen. yeah, back Hustler in ni- Casino Live 1912. Yeah, Garrett and Andy. Women weren't allowed to vote. It's great. Everything was. <laughs> uh, this hand was suggested by Leo Chen and Stuart Young. Yep. Stuart Young being the Stuart who appears on Poker Time with yep. some frequency. Stewie Younger. Stewie Younger. Uh, yeah. And Leo Chen being the person who is just crushing the suggestions recently, mm-hmm. suggesting many of the hands that we do. Indeed. Uh, Stuart suggested on Twitter, you can still do that, even though we suggest suggesting on Discord. Both are fine. We're the Poker Guys on Twitter. Discord link in the description. Diggity, diggity, day, and let's go. Let's go. You just can't have enough blinds these days, so we're going to play 100, 200, 400, 800. Cool. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's cool. You know, the button is, you know, less valuable. It's, it's got a little bit less value. You still get position, which is nice. Well, but post-flop, it's got more value. It's got a lot of value. Po- post-flop, it has a lot of value, of course, yes. But you're not going to get it through that often. You should, you should not be opening your normal open, button opening ranges no. when you've got two more people in the blinds. And people who are putting up 800, 8x the, the small blind or 4x the big blind are less inclined to fold to your raise. You should know that, yeah. right? So you should play more for value. Like you, you should not open 910 off from the button in this game. I think you should not. Yes. Yeah. Right. Whereas in a two-blind game, that's a totally normal I open. I mean, really, you're, you're effectively opening like from the hijack, right? Because there's four players behind you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, it's a little different because you will have position post-flop. Right. But you also have people who are going to be stickier. So it should be basically be. your hijack range maybe a little bit wider than your hijack yeah, yeah, range. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, JR is going to open Queen 10 off from that position. That's probably fine. That's like borderline. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. Uh, he opens a 2.4K, garbage human, not going to know his stack, doesn't matter. Guy named Dustin, I don't give a shit about this guy either, as Jack Nine of Clubs, he's going to call <laughs> out of the big blind. Sure. Um, Andy, now we're talking about a real human who matters. He's got 337K in front of him. So that's a deep stack. It is. Uh, it's not as deep as Garrett's, of course, because how could it be? He three bets to 8K with two kings. It's weirdly small. Yeah, it seems like it should be 10 to 12. Yep. 10K at a minimum. Um, I'm wondering if JR or Dustin's stack size is one of the reasons. Well, I can, I can tell you they're both pretty deep. Oh, they are. Yeah. Okay. Okay, then no one's weirdly short, then I don't know what he's doing and why he's only making it 8K. That feels like a really big, obvious mistake. Like, you're kind of forcing JR to mostly call with his button range, and, and then, then that's going to force Dustin to almost call with everything. He's going to be closing, closing the action. He already yeah. called the raise. And they're deep. I think this is a pretty big mistake by Andy. Yeah, I mean, of course, getting called with kings isn't a nightmare, but you don't want to play three ways with nope, kings. That you really don't. And you're not even in position. Um, Garrett is in the fourth blind, the, uh, the double straddle. The it's, yeah, the double straddle, fourth blind. You know, whatever it is. It's and eight hundred already. And he's going to make it twenty six k with guess the hand. Well, I know. Guess already. the hand. If I didn't know, I wouldn't be able to guess it. Let me see. All right, what, what would you guess would be his light side hands that he would do this with? Ace three of spades. Yeah. Um, things of that nature, and then once in a while, maybe a suited connector that didn't have a blocker either. Like, seven eight something. Yeah, like yeah something that. like that. A suited suited. No, yeah. He can't play seven eight suited anymore. It's not allowed. <laughs> Not after the hand, you know, because <laughs> okay. he's lose, he's gonna get cheated. Okay, you're right. You're right. If he plays seven eight suited, he gets right. cheated. Six seven suited. Yeah, that's better. Much yeah. better. Um, he's got king five off. It's really weird. King of hearts five of diamonds. That's really really strange. So one possible explanation for this is he has a live tell on Andy that is wrong. <laughs> it's definitely wrong. Yeah, that, I mean that's actually the only possible explanation I have. The king is a blocker. No. The the explanation is the king's a blocker, and he th- he thinks Andy's squeezing light. 
That's you know because there's a it's a raising a call. So now the 26k gets through almost everybody, right? Yeah. Really squeezing light. I mean, something I've noticed with the top tournament guys, maybe this is true of the top cash guys too, which Garrett is certainly among, mm-hmm. is um, they take every spot and they expand what the spot is. You know, they expand what defines a spot mm-hmm. and they take all the spots, right? Yep. Like we see Adamo doing that constantly. Oh in my tournaments. god. Yeah. So maybe that's just a philosophical reason that Garrett is going for it. He's like, Andy's a guy who doesn't have to have it, and I have a king. That is enough. If I have any king or any ace, that's good enough. I mean, the good news is you get to sort of springboard off Andy's race to really give... Jared's got to have a monster, and Dustin's never calling no matter what, right? Like Pretty Dustin, much, yeah. Dustin can't have a hand to call with, and Jared's got to have, like... I mean, Queens plus. I don't know what he, what is what does Jared do with Jax? Does he flat the whole he could thing? And maybe hope it, he could maybe flat. I think he's over and hope Andy or, doesn't put in another raise though. Yeah, yeah. You might just throw away Jax depending on. Although maybe. you're made, if you're money money like Jr. Maybe you don't care and you just call the Jax. Maybe. But, but like, fine. Jax plus Ace King plus. I, he's folding Ace Queen. I know that. I think. I would expect. I'd be. I. You know. So. So it's a, so it's a powerful play where if they don't have truly premium hands, they just can't continue. Andy can continue with less premium hands. He can call with nines and stuff like that. But, but I mean, if it you feels light, it feels a little bit like the the original run of high stakes poker where the good players would just use blind aggression a lot yeah, of the time. It totally feels like that. Yeah. Um, I just don't know why we have to pick this hand to do this with right now. I feel like this is a terrible hand. I know he's got a king in his hand, but I feel it's a terrible hand to do it with. It feels odd. It definitely feels odd. Like let's have a suited ace, let, or let's have a hand that plays well post flop. And doesn't block something. But this is like, doesn't block that well and doesn't play well post-flop. Like, eh. I mean, it's better than, I guess, 9-7 off suit. But, like, I'm just really surprised he picks this hand. Uh, that said, Garrett is, of course, the biggest winner in the game. And By a lot. Definitely doing something right. So no maybe question. these types of plays have been really profitable for him. Maybe. Maybe. and maybe Or maybe he's just trying to ex- expand his... Um, Four bet range against Andy specifically, and he's looking for opportunities to do that. Maybe that's part yeah. of a new a new strategy. He's widening the spot. Yeah. So it seems questionable, but it is hard to say. Uh, yeah, Garrett doesn't know what he's doing here. Like I feel like much more comfortable saying Andy's making a mistake by only making Kings eight K than Garrett's making a mistake where he makes it twenty six K with. <laughs> that feels wrong, but I understand why you yeah. say that. Uh, Garrett is the man. Well, Garrett. Well, Andy though is like forced to see is almost always seeing a flop, and Garrett is often going to take it down. That's yeah. part of it too. Like. You know, the sizing really makes it so Garrett can be Garrett can be like off with he shouldn't have this hand in his range, but it is still gonna work a lot at least. Yeah. Andy's this play to AK gets value, but they're deep enough that I, I would argue it sort of quote doesn't really work. Like you want some fold equity. Yeah. Cause are you turning your are your bluffs also AK, Andy? Because then that's that doesn't make any sense it's, to me. It's really hard to to get like more like a full double with Andy's stack with top set if you flop top set with kings. You know, like what what do you have to be against? Do you have to be against another set that doesn't believe you because or like a monster draw? That other set is a bluff catcher by the time you're getting your whole stack in. Sometimes, you know, um two big pair or a monster draw will do it, but there's not much. Yeah. Or yeah, or you make your full house and they have a they have a straight or something. But, but then they're not gonna get three hundred and thirty seven K in when the big blind is eight hundred dollars. No, you have to get it in um like before you make your full house? You have, like you have to get it in behind. Yeah, yeah. You have to get <laughs> it on the t- not get it all in, but get a bunch of it on the turn. Yeah. They like check raise you on the turn, and you're like, oh god, they have ace queen here. Right. You call anyway, hoping the board pairs. It does, and then they check you. You bet like you know thirty percent of the pot all in because that's all that's left, or forty percent of the pot all in. They like grudgingly call sometimes. You know, maybe it's tough. It's tough. Garrett, by the way, has a paltry seven hundred k in front of him. Well, Andy shouldn't fold. With kings and the depth good, of stack. Good call, man. That's why when you're one of the poker guys. Yep. Uh, JR folds, Dustin folds. We, we care not for their kind, the garbage humans who a, don't 
don't see the flop, you know? Uh, honest but fair. Yeah. It's all I am is fair. And honest. Yeah. Honesty is Andy has a good hand. So mm. how do we proceed against Garrett here? Well, let's think about this. We have a lot of chips in front of us. It would be we a have... real shame to lose 337K and get it all in preflop against aces. Now, if we think about this just in terms of blinds, and the blind then in this case would be the biggest blind that was out there, which is $800, yeah. right? Um, I mean, how many is it really? Um, it's Oh, it's a lot. It's over 400 blinds anyway. Yeah. It's just so many. So we... we Cannot imagine we can we could put in a five bet if we want, but what happens if we get six bet? It's sort of a disaster. It's, it doesn't feel good. Um, also, we want to keep Garrett's bluffs alive, probably. Although we are out of position to him, so we've got kings and now we're heads up. Like this, this I think this is almost always a call in this spot. I think so too. Now that said, there are some scenarios that demand you get in it in with like a, kind of a weird hand for the amount of blinds. We were just playing in a game together where I got five hundred dollars in in a one three game with with jacks against a four bet shove, basically. Yeah. It felt like the right thing to do, but you know that's not on paper. That looks like too much for Jacks. You know, it's like 170 blinds. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was. Cl- I think it was close. Anyway, you took some time. I was sitting next to you yeah. when when you had it. You took a, a fair amount of time to think about. it. I was like, he's obviously has queens or Jacks here because he got shoved on and a four bet shove or whatever. And I was like, I think he's definitely got to call queens, and I don't know what to do with Jacks yeah. right now. And it all sucks. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then I called and I lost. Yep. But he had ace-king, so it was fine. So it's perfect. Yeah. You did everything right. If you yeah. had queens, it would have been a disaster, and you'd be a dumb. Against that player you're calling. It, was, it doesn't matter. Anyway. 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 So, so there yeah, are so. some scenarios where you can get in, like, an ungodly amount of blinds without the nuts. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And Garrett might even sometimes be a candidate to do that against. Yeah. Part of the problem is I think they're so deep that Andy doesn't want to get 400 blinds in with kings here because... Garrett's gonna have to be the last aggressor for sure, and he's gonna have to. It's gonna have to be one hell of a seven bet or whatever, you know, an eight bet all in or whatever it is. And like, maybe it really wouldn't be that. Probably be a six bet, but um, you know, fucking, and he's gonna make it seventy, and Garrett's gonna ship for three thirty-seven, and you're gonna call hoping he's got ace three of spades, basically. Yeah, right. I mean, that's what we're talking about. You can that take your se- like, take your seventy percent hand and hope to win. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, seventy percent isn't bad if you got if you can survive yeah. the variance of it for sure. But you know, there is a concept called risk of ruin, Jonathan. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a podcast. It is, and that's all it is. It's not not a concept at all. <laughs> it's a concept. It's a pod. It's a podcast concept. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, risk, anyway. risk of ruin probably comes into play a little bit when Andy's got three thirty-seven in front of I him. I don't know if that's true or not for Andy. I don't know if that's true, but it it might. I mean, you know, if he's sitting on. 12, 12x that you know if he's got four million dollars in his in his poker bank yeah home, then he's fine right yeah i mean but it, it changes the equation for future risk of ruin spots okay but we're not there yet we're in this yeah. risk of ruin spot we can't worry about those risk of ruin spots yes. i think i um, i agree um but it just kind of sucks i agree that calling makes a lot of sense it just really sucks to not feel comfortable putting in more money with the second best hand I understand, in, in, but in poker. this is what this is what we choose when we buy in for three hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars in a one hundred two hundred game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we don't have to buy in for that much as Andy. We chose to, so it may mean we just don't have very many natural, if any, natural five bets. You know, we may just not be five betting almost ever. Yeah, like a few pocket aces and a few bluffs, and everything else is a call, and that's that. So, and including a bunch of our aces are a call. Too. I guess. I guess we can be if we think about it from a the biggest blind perspective. We can be pretty happy to get. 30 blinds in a piece with Kings pre-flop. That's like a nice pot to win. Yep. You know, that's that's a good way to think about it. Also, you know, we can manage this a little bit anyway. Obviously, we can get bluffed, but we can manage this a little bit where, you know, 
if we get it all in and then it's just an ace high bar, we're like, well, fuck. You know, so yeah. like we can see the flop and then Garrett will still fire a lot of money at this. He often will. Now, Garrett can, of course, catch up and get all in in spots that he would have folded. But we're not trying to that's not what we're trying to avoid here anyway. Right. We're not trying to fold out worse hands, really. Right. Yeah. We're trying to um, not go broke against the hand that is never folding to yep. us and also keep the bluffs alive. Yep. And so we sort of accomplish all that by just calling. I think a call is, is mostly warranted here. Yeah. In fact, if not always. Warranted. I think I agree. And as we see Garrett as king five off, so, you know, he's going to fire a lot of flops, and that's good news. He's going to be forced to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to call. Okay. King of spades, king of diamonds, and he makes the call. And you better call yourself uh, uh, an orthodontist, because nitro betting's got your teeth covered, baby. Is that was it you normally say when we go to the ad? I feel like stuff like that. You I say feel like, like it was it's it was like an uncanny valley version of yeah. what I do, where I was like, he's got the idea, but something's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah. On. yeah it's like, I'll take that. Something feels off. Like, mm-hmm. isn't this what it feels like right before the coup happens? <laughs> like, what's going on here? You better yeah. call yourself a a water, a water expert, because Shit's getting sprayed. <laughs> <laughs> Nitro bedding everywhere. Like that. Is that good? That was worse. <laughs> that was that was a lot Shit's worse. Shit's getting sprayed. Yeah. That's a good that's a good slogan though for nitro bedding anyway. Just that. Shit's getting sprayed. So I would I would have gone with something like like this. You you gotta call a pH level expert because nitro bedding is gonna give you dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> that is better. Yeah. Oh, yeah I see <laughs> that, it now. That's what I was gonna I really see it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good stuff. Dysentery, one of the many ailments that you can acquire on nitro betting, especially if you use the link in the description <laughs> of this podcast, uh, along with ailments that you know are awful to get. You can get cholera, of course. Anything oh. that anything that got on the Oregon Trail video game, you can get that. <laughs> <laughs> nitro betting. Are there that many horrible diseases on the Oregon Trail video? Well, game? there there are di- there are different ones. Yeah, and you know if your hygiene went down, there's a higher chance of that. Couldn't getting... you also just die of like bear attack? Sure. Like yeah, that? the, that's something that can happen on nitro betting. It's less good. likely. Because it's online, and it's it's harder to transfer a bear through the fifty six k internet portal uh, than <laughs> than dysentery. <laughs> but know? maybe they uh, know some bear handlers in your area, right? And they make a phone call, and you're fucked. And I've said this before, and I think I need to say this again because at this point, a lot of you might be thinking, "There's no way this is a scripted ad," right? But this is one of this is the you know we had to do we had They're, to say all they this. script this for us. Yeah. yeah, we we wouldn't have chosen to say any. Do you think of these I words. wanted to say any of those words? And obviously, even these things we're saying right now continue to be scripted. Right. They have to be the layers <laughs> upon layers. They never end. The meta the meta game of nitro betting ad copy is insane. It is it is honestly probably what's propping up existence itself. You know, without yeah. without this house of cards, we fall into the abyss nitro betting made me say that and that <laughs> <laughs> yeah nitro betting shit spraying everywhere yeah so anyway there are cool promotions that you can get using the link in the description of this podcast including sports betting promotions like march madness for free where you can actually win some bitcoin um nfl stuff uh there's the monthly tournament that you get to play it's fun it's good <laughs> oh shit sorry i read too far that's, yeah, no, that's you're not supposed to laugh i was yet. supposed to laugh yeah i'm sorry no no, that's that, that's it is, it's coming. Yeah, obviously this is all scripted too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait until I talk about all of like uh, the the dead childhood pets that people had. Yeah. That's when you're supposed to laugh. Yeah, I see that now. Yeah, I, I, got, I, I did two pages instead of one page when I flipped. Like everybody's favorite childhood pet and how they're dead and they're never coming back. <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the part. Nitro that's betting. Great. Nitro. <laughs> all right, I think we've done enough of that. <laughs> that is that is one of the more interesting ones we've done. 
Good it's, for us. That was like a Rick and Morty episode of an ad. Yeah, that was of, like an Oxana Bayul. Uh, yeah, we Oxana Bayul the shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Garrett is king five off for whatever reason. He's four about to 26K. Okay. Andy is called out of position with two kings. Uh, the, the pot is 57.3K. That's a lot of money in the pot. And he's like, well, we could, a lot of money could go in here. Yep. And I, it could get uncomfortable. We'll see. I really hope an ace doesn't flop, but also then I get to not be in this pain anymore. Right. I, I, mean, I also really hold. hope like a queen and a jack and a 10 doesn't flop because yeah. those are also a little tough yeah. sometimes. Right. The flop does include a jack. No! Jack of hearts, seven of clubs, seven of diamonds. I'm Andy's inner poker voice. The thing that sucks for Andy is that Garrett obviously can have a seven in his hand. Whereas Clearly. Andy cannot. Yes. Uh, I don't think Andy ever has a seven. The right? thing that's good for Andy is if Garrett can have a seven in his hand, it means Andy is crushing his range. Right of course. Now. That's wonderful. And Garrett's almost always see betting this flop. So that's good for Andy. Yep. It is a rainbow board. It is paired. There are no straight draws except for I mean, gut shots. It's an obvious bet for Garrett. Yeah. It's a obvious check for Andy, right? Of course. And so Garrett's just going to down bet and hope that Andy has an unpaired hand. So he's going to bet like 17K or something like that? I mean, I mean, 15K. Left. Okay. So what are, we, what are we hoping Andy has? We're hoping he has ace-queen suited, ace-king a little bit that he's going to play this way, yep. I imagine. He can have pocket pairs, lower pocket pairs, too, that are like, um, I guess, I mean, I guess Andy's going to call with pocket eights and pocket nines, so it'd have to be lower than the sevens. Right, he may call with all pocket pairs, but actually, he ones. he's probably not three betting a lot of those lower pocket pairs. In the that's why that's place. why it was like eights and sevens, maybe, but probably not like fives and fours and yeah. threes. Right, he's calling those to flop sets, and now it's like, and he has to call Garrett's three or four bet with those hands. Though, if if he were to put in the three bet, he's got to call the the four bet because he's getting the right price. And he's pretty so. pair heavy here. Do we think he has any ace queen off and ace jack suited? Yes and yes. Okay, so we. Not folding out ace-jack suited, obviously. That's top, top. I think we can just fold out ace-queen off a lot, though, right, right now, especially when he's out of position. So at least there's 16 combos of ace-queen off. There's probably 16 combos of ace-king. Yep. We're not 16, because we have a king. I don't know if he's folding ace-king. Yeah. On the down bet, he's probably is not folding ace-queen. If he's got backdoors of any kind, like backdoor flush stuff of any kind, I think he's calling ace-king. Do you think Garrett shouldn't make this bet? I think Garrett has to make this bet. It's not about winning this street. It's about giving, giving yourself the opportunity to win in later streets. Yeah. If, you're gonna, if you're not going to make this bet, I don't really know why we're four betting to 26K when Andy three bets. He's going to have to call anything that isn't totally light stuff. He's just going to be forced to call. Right? I think you could chop off the beginning of this sentence. I don't really know why we're four betting to 26K with King five is all you really need to say. Well, of course. Of yeah. Course. But if, if we're going to do that, yeah. we should, I guess not always, but we should mostly try and make a meal of this pot instead of just like, you know, let it go right away. Maybe we can check back on like a five four four flop or something where we. Oh, we up. actually have a pair. Yeah. Don't we want to deny equity a bunch? Probably. I think we have to, think we have to bet there too. I yeah. think we're just betting kind of every flop, except maybe like the six. Nope. The eight nine ten all club flop. And yeah. We have no clubs. I think we probably give up. On we can that. we can be like all right, all right. And he's got a queen a lot in his hand. A jacks a lot in his hand. You know. Yeah. Sets a lot in his hand here. Like yeah. Clubs big draws a lot in his hand. Yeah. Besides that, I think we're mostly just C-betting and hoping it works. Yeah, he's got a bet. He does. He bets 15K. Okay. The good news is Andy can't really raise, right? I'm not sure what raising accomplishes here. Deny um, equity against an ace. Get value against ace-jack and queens, exactly. Yeah. Um, there's just too much other stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Garrett does have jack-jack. He does have ace-ace. But more crucially, he has a lot of bluffs that are just going to stop giving you value. Insta-fold when we could let them continue to fire away. Yeah, and there's not a flush draw out there, so we're not super worried about what the turn is going to bring. Like, obviously, an ace is a bad card. Yeah. 
beyond that, there's not that many cards that just feel like death cards. We don't love a queen, but we're going to live with a queen. Yeah. Yep. Seems to be the plan. Yep. So Andy makes the call. Okay. Pot's 87.3K. The turn is the three of diamonds. It that, brings a second diamond. It never affects the hand that ever, feels ever. feels amazing as Andy. Now we're just like, okay, I really hope he doesn't have a random seven, Jack, Jack, or Ace, Ace. Right. I guess maybe Garrett could have three, three. Maybe Garrett can have three, three. It's at least possible. Yeah. But we're just going to have to live with that, too. Right. Like, congratulations, you get some money. Check, check. Okay, so this is interesting that Garrett on uh, Garrett's looking for particular cards to barrel the turn with, I guess, now that he's bet once, right? But what cards could that possibly... I guess an ace he's going to barrel, because Andy, as you said, is, is pretty pair-heavy. Ace-king is out there for Andy, but not many other aces. Yeah. I guess some ace-jack, some ace-queen, too, though. So actually, there are some aces, but you probably just have to bet those, right, um, if they come in. What else are we even betting on the turn? And if we're not betting a lot of turns, why are we betting the flop? Because we're getting called a lot on the flop, right? I guess we're folding out some stuff. Like we we're saying, this is, I don't know about this plan, man. I'm not loving this plan. I mean, we're giving ourselves four to one on the flop when we bet. Okay. That's the reason why to do it. Yeah. And by the way, sometimes we get called by queens or tens and we turn a king anyway and get to win anyway. So we actually have some equity against most of Andy's range. Yeah. Right? Very little against his actual holding. No. But, oh, well. Um, yeah. I mean, Andy's check makes a lot of sense, right? He's just trying yep. to let, let Garrett keep barreling. He wants to mitigate variance against the hands that haven't beat. Absolutely. Like, be, Andy's supposed to play this passive right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it is kind of a nothing card. You would think, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, as Garrett, we probably expect that Andy's just going to call with kings and queens and even sometimes aces. Um, but when he has a jack, like ace-jack suited, maybe he has some queen-jack, king-jack, jack-10 suited that he might call pre-flop after three-betting. It's possible. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, those hands really don't like a big turn barrel. They're really scared of that shit. They do not enjoy it at all. It's the jack cheap. is a heart, not a diamond, so that means you can have top pair with a flush draw if you're Andy, so that's maybe a little scary, but it's not super likely. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I kind of like a bet. Fold out eights, nines, tens, which have to hold on on the flop they for 15K, to. and fold out some of the jacks that Andy might have in his range that have to hold on on the flop. As long as Andy's going to find folds with those hands, I think we can bet. Yeah. If he's not, if he's going to be sticky with those hands too, we should probably check. I don't lot. imagine with the eight signs and tens are going to keep going. Yeah, there's like no if, gut shot. There's no nothing. If Garrett bets fifty five k into eighty seven k, you're really going to call with tens. I would think after we bet fifty five into eighty seven, we can also really comfortably shut the hell down after yeah. that. Like if he calls again, it's like, do we are we are we getting anything through on 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 at least innocuous rivers? Probably not. Yeah. Right. So that, that gives us a lot of information and still gives us a chance to win the pot a lot, too. So we can know when we can win the pot and when we can, and it only costs us $55,000. I think I want to bet. I think... Okay. I think I, the I, sizing I, up really is important for it, yeah. obviously. I mean, that's a normal thing that happens 55 turn, minimum. But. Like, 55 to 65 is kind okay. of what I'm thinking. I, you know what? I'm with you. As long as we can fold out eights and nines, tens, then 55 feels good. Yeah. Because um, now we're down to, yeah, Andy's got to have some jacks, which are maybe hold on, maybe not. They might fold. They might fold. Um, like, queens. what do you do with Jack Ten of Spades if you if you get here with Jack Ten of oh, Spades? I think you have you, to fold. Yeah, that. you just fold. But Ace Jack's going to hold on, I assume. Sure, because he's got to pick some things to hold on with, right? But we're going to fold out a lot of stuff. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I like a bet better than a check. I think you're right. Okay, okay. I sort of came around on that one. All right. Goes check check. All right. Rivers the polarizing Jack of Diamonds. Yes. It not only brings a third diamond, but crucially makes any jack or seven a full house. So the board now reads jack, seven, seven, three jack with three diamonds. Andy, of course, cannot bet. Uh, I would like to 
pause that right there and let's let's explore that. Okay. You don't think you, can, you think let's you can find bet? out if he can bet? Okay. Um, what hands are what value hands is Garrett betting if we check? Obviously, full houses. I don't think he's betting anything else. Okay. What value hands? Maybe he's betting uh, diamonds sometimes. What about when Garrett has um, medium pocket pairs, like pocket tens? Garrett, if Garrett has tens, right? He bets the flop. He checks the turn. He's just checking back river on this card, right? Yeah. Okay. If we bet, what's he doing with pocket tens? Folding. You sure? Pretty sure. Andy, I mean, like, why? Remember, Andy's what? got all the got has like ace king in his range. He's got. Why would he bluff with that hand? Because Garrett has a lot of pocket pairs when he checks the turn. I guess. I mean, that's a really specific thin thing to go for well, with Ace King. Uh, we're beginning to uh, we're talking about it here, and I'm um, I'm re- re- responding to you. <laughs> what's Garrett doing with uh, with queens? If we bet, is it, if we lead here, I think he's going to fold mostly. Okay. If he's going to fold queens, we should check for sure, right? Um, if he's going to check back aces, I don't know if that matters, actually. Checking back aces, we should check, actually, because then yeah. we have to pay off aces, yeah. right? That would be good. Um, if he's, but if he's betting aces, I don't know that he is, but if he's betting aces um, and checking back all worse hands, we might want to consider betting. If we can get called by worse hands, which you don't think we can, I don't know if we can or not. I, maybe if we bet really small. I just don't... How much is in the pot? 87.3. Right. So if we bet 26,000, are tens folding? I don't know. Are queens folding? Again, I don't know. I think Garrett is more likely to raise with eights, nines, mm. and tens than call with them. I don't think he's going to raise with those hands because they don't block anything significant. I guess they block eight, jack, seven, but... And jack ten if you have tens. Yeah. Okay. They block jack ten. That's fair. I don't see Garrett calling with those hands for a reasonably big bet that often. Seems unlikely. Okay. If we don't think Garrett's going to hero, then we, we should check. Yeah. If we, think, if, if we think Garrett might have some heroes in him, I think we should at least consider back. I'm also concerned that he might have backdoored diamonds and sometimes find a call with those, which, mm. you know, have us beat. Yeah, where he might, he's almost certainly checking that. Yeah. Right? Because, like, I don't know. Actually, I, mean, I don't know that he's checking that. He actually, if, if we check, he's probably betting for value with diamonds, actually. Yeah. We have the king of diamonds in our hand as Andy. It's, a, it's less of a consideration. Yeah. It's obviously, so I don't think we have to worry as much about it. We probably. What are we doing if, if we check in Garrett bets? Um, so there's 87 in there, and Garrett bets, you know, two thirds of the pot. I What's think our we plan just, is Andy? We just call because it's Garrett. We're like, okay. our, we just use distribution. So we even have the king of diamonds, like you yeah. said. Yeah, we do. Because Garrett's probably good enough to bet diamonds on the river when Andy checks every street, um, trying to get thin value. But still, we have the king of diamonds, so we block that. Mm-hmm. And Garrett might be just in a weird, desperate spot sometimes. Or turning, by the way, turning a, a worse hand than ours, but a, a made hand, but still into a bluff because he realizes he's losing. Yeah. Right? Garrett could have two eights himself and be like, I don't think I'm good. I'm really not ahead of enough of Andy's range but, here. But yeah. when the jack pairs, you're like, uh, this is hard. It's, it's a weird spot. This is just a weird spot. Okay. So, so I guess if we don't think we're going to get heroed, we have to check. I'll grant you that. Do you think we should bet if we have jacks full, if we're Andy, if we did have jack 10? Interesting question. Um, if we think, okay, Garrett, I think is pretty capable of, of, of value betting somewhat thin. Yeah. So it makes me more inclined to want to check some of that. Mm-hmm. If we're going to check this hand, we might want to check that hand at least some of the time. Yeah. We should probably bet some of the time and check some of the time. Right. Yeah. Um, 
So that way it's hard to know what to do with this. But we need to have some absolute monsters in our checking range here when that, when that card pairs specifically. Because that card is... We're, like, someone's supposed to hate that card. Yeah. I don't know who, but when we check, we're much more likely to want to hate that card than love that card. Yeah. Right? So, we should, so we should be checking some of our jacks full. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Andy checks his kings. It's going to suck, though, if we check jacks full and it just turns over, like, a flush or aces, and we really could have gotten some money some yeah. of the time. But it's probably the right play anyway. Yeah. And he checks his kings. And I think with Garrett, if you're like, okay, just put out the 60K, I'm just closing my eyes and putting it in. It's fucking Garrett. Let's, right. Let's go. Let's see what you got. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We're just going to have to call with kings. Garrett, yeah. I don't know if Garrett's ever value betting a worse hand, but still, we probably yeah. have to call. Yeah, because it's Garrett. You yeah. Know? He, he four bet with king five. He's trying to be balanced, especially against Andy. Yeah. He does not bet two thirds of the pot. So good. So, what, so, so we can just call for less. 296K, that's Andy's stack. That is how much Garrett bets. It is more than three times the pot. This is like an absurd bet. Like, what the fuck is this? Is it the money printing bet? He's just like, Andy can't call without a jack. I know he's not going to do it. Um, the board is jack seven, seven, three jack, right? Yeah. So any jack is top full house. There's no, it isn't like there's a jack 10, 7, 7 where like you're trying to get called by a worse jack. Oh, even. Of course, of course. It's a super weird bet because the story is bizarro, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, Garrett could have a jack and play it like this, certainly. I, sure. I, I think he would check the turn a fair amount with a jack. I think he would, some of the time at least, with a jack. Um, why would he bet this much with the jack on the river, though? I'd like to ask that polarize question. Polarize to polarize. We are polarized, but to get called by... You know, uh, flush? A backdoor flush? Yeah. <laughs> that we have a five of diamonds in our hand, by the way, just yeah. mentioning. I mean, um, Andy doesn't have any fives in his range. Rarely. To, I mean, if Andy had ace-five suited, he you could. think he would call the four bet? Um, they're as deep as they are. Andy and Garrett, I think probably Maybe he, he would. does. Maybe he would. But it doesn't come up that often, I'll yeah. grant you. Um. I don't think this is a good story at all. I would like Garrett to bet. He can overbet the pot and not bet this much and tell a much better story. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to get called by a seven or an overpair or a whatever. Bet 120,000 into 80. That's way more believable to me than 337, which just feels absurd. Now, I'm not saying Garrett can't do this with a jack. He probably can, but I don't think he's often doing it with a jack. All right, let me ask you this. If you're Andy, does it feel different than 120? When you're sitting there with kings? I think they both feel awful, but it probably feels even awfuler. Yeah. But I think they both feel a similar amount of awful, at least. I don't I know. would think. Maybe. 120 is still a massive bet to call with one pair where you can easily see how you're beat. Right? Yeah. It's very, very reasonable that you're beat. <laughs> yeah. Um, it still is one and a half times the pot. I mean, Garrett's basically just saying, you know, math, you can't call with almost anything. So maybe... Maybe, maybe he's risking too much. I don't know. But this is my theory on what's going on here. Mm. So Garrett knows that when he's going to bet this river, he's going to make a large bet. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he makes a large bet, he becomes polarized to jacks full or nothing most of the time. He doesn't yeah. have really flushes in his range at that point. I think that's right. Uh, so he wants to just like maximize the pain that he can, he can do because he's allowed to do that by betting a huge amount because he's not going to do it that frequently. He doesn't have that value that frequently. So he can bet huge with it. But why is he picking this hand to do this with then? If he's not going to bet for value that frequently, why is this the hand we're bluffing with? Do we not have other bluffs here? We have a bad diamond in our hand, which we both agreed that Andy rarely interacts with Andy's range. So what are, what are the best bluffs then? Right. 
Hands that block a jack. We do have a king in our hand, so we block king jack. But Andy has very few king jacks. I would think he's got king jack suited. We actually have the wrong king because it's jack of hearts on the board. We have the king of hearts. Exactly. And he never has king jack off. I don't think he does. So he only has a king jack suit. So that's bad. Yeah. We'd want to have like king queen, for example, which um, don't which unblock the suits essentially. So so Andy can king have... king queen with no hearts. Right. Yeah. That would be that's a better hand. Better. Yeah. Um, Way better, even. Ace-King, Ace-Queen are the same, really. Yep. They're, They're all the same. I agree. Anything I agree. 10 through Ace with no hearts. All we have is the lone king and a bad diamond. And it's the I heart. It's the heart. So that makes it a bad one yeah. to do it with. Yeah. Yeah, so I think this is probably the wrong hand to pick. I think you're right. Also, we probably want... Our, we do want to have a diamond in our hand, I think. Like, a big diamond is cool a little bit, right? Yeah, I, you know... Although we bet this much, maybe that doesn't no, matter. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not that. It's just having not a heart. That's the most mm. important thing. So it feels like Garrett just lost his fucking mind to me, to some degree, like preflop and now on this river. I just don't know why. We, again, if we're not going to do it often, why we'd ever pick this hand to do it? It's with. actually heart or diamond, you're right. So I think you mentioned but, before. Yeah, there's two diamonds. Yeah, so, yeah. so any black combo of 10 through ace unpaired are yes. our best. Having king, queen there, now we block like two, yeah. com- two important combos that Andy can have. So yeah, of- I think this is a mistake by Garrett. I think you can do this. With this sizing, sometimes if you really think it's like this is a much better, more effective move, it's worth it, expected value-wise, you can do it with all of those black combos, but you can't do it when you have the king of hearts and no other blocker, because that's actually not blocking anything. It's, it's useless. Now, we imagine as Garrett that literally, when we bet this much, literally it's a jack or nothing is calling us, yes. right? Like, I guess a seven once in a while could decide to call us. Maybe. Too. But Andy has almost no sevens. Maybe slow-played quad sevens. They can call. Um, yeah, and I guess Andy can have a seven. Oh, they can call for sure. Andy can have a seven suited, but this is a very tough bet even for that hand. Yeah, it is. Right. Um, maybe Andy just thinks like I have to call with something beyond a jack. Exactly. So maybe I call with that. Especially when I check where if I'm leading a lot of my jacks yeah. here on the river, which maybe you are because you're trying to get called by aces and shit sometimes. Um, now one thing that could be happening here is we think that Andy should check jacks full a decent amount of the time here. Garrett may believe that Andy is never checking exactly. Jack's full. I think that's what's going on. And so he's like, you just can't call this. Yeah, I think, I think that's exactly what it is. Because clearly, if it, Garrett's going to bet, what is it, four times the pot here? Uh, three and a half-ish, yeah. Okay. Um, on the river, then we should be checking our nutted hands to him fairly regularly in heads-up spots where the pot's been bloated, right? Yeah. Like, that should be a normal occurrence if he's just going to fire the fuck away like crazy. I mean, for this bet to be okay, I think Garrett has to believe that Andy doesn't really ever check Jack's full. I think if Garrett... I mean, just doing the math on this, if we were going to bet, let's say half pot just to keep the math clean for a second. Let's say full pot. Let's say full pot. We're going to bet full pot um, with Jack's full um, and and sometimes get called. Or we check and Garrett's going to shove some of the time, three and a half times the pot... Like, we don't need him to call very often. I mean, he has to call a lot when we bet full pot yeah. for it to be worth betting ever. Right. If he's got these shoves in him. If he's going to do it with actually a bad combo to do it with. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I don't know how often he's really doing that, but this does seem like way, way, way outside the lines. Yeah. The white lines. Yeah. That's right. So this is, this is very... So, so I don't know how any can call this. To be no, clear. he's Andy, got the king of diamonds in. Who cares? Like Andy we, we folds. Should, yeah, of course we have to fold. Andy folds, it does, but it feels like probably a mistake by Garrett. Question: If Garrett bets one twenty, is Andy still folding kings? I don't know. So maybe, maybe like I think maybe 
this is the right bet size, but he has the wrong hand. Question, if Garrett bets 160 as Andy Folding Kings, I think the answer is unqualified yes. Mm, maybe. So why are we spending the extra $170,000? But, but Garrett knows Andy way better than we do. You know, maybe That's true. Maybe he is correct in thinking that this gets just way more folds. Okay, maybe. I will say that these guys play against each other a lot and do these insane bet sizes on the river with bluffs. Yeah. I don't know about this level of insane, but like really, really like, you know, two times the pot type stuff with bluffs because they've got a, they've got a good blocker or something like that. They do that a lot um, to the point where I think they do that more than they, than they have it most of the time. Like this is just from the highlight hands that I've seen to be fair. So I mean, that may not be true, but it feels like I, my belief, and I think Garrett is a, comes along with this is that Andy's going to be very unbalanced in his calls. Like he's just not going to call nearly enough of the time. He's only going to call with the jack, and when he checks, he essentially never has a jack. So it's free money. You better put, but you want to put full pressure on him to make sure yeah. he calls. That's got to be what's going That's on. That's the thought process. And he's is, like, "Who cares that I have king five? He doesn't have a jack. He's going to fold. Right? Who cares about blockers? What are you talking about, yeah, Jonathan that's, Grant? That's fair. That is fair. And yeah, one eighty gets it done a lot. Guess what gets it done every time? Yeah, three thirty seven. So guess what, bro? Fire away. It's yeah. not 337, it's 300, but whatever it is, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that could be what's going on. I don't know. I don't know. It works. It works, but it's. Garrett seems... makes, makes himself, you know, I feel like Garrett 40K. Was... <laughs> he, make, he gets 40K. Yeah, I mean, this feels like not Garrett's A game here to me. Like, not this river, but I mean, this whole hand feels maybe, like not maybe, his A game. Maybe correct. For some reason. And maybe something's going on. Maybe he just lost a big pot recently. Maybe he's got something else. Maybe he's just not on his A game right now. Or maybe he could explain it all to us and be like, holy shit. Yeah. Because he is Garrett and he is excellent. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic and I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.